thank you, young people, for that special, and that ties right in with what the Lord has given us this morning. Well, as the, the verse we just read, the Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Those last couple of weeks, we have been talking about this word fear and what exactly it means and how it relates. And just by way of review, in, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the, this first kind of fear, which is fear of act- and when we're in actual danger. And that's the second one there, actual danger. And this is the kind of fear where we're actually right in the middle of something bad. Perhaps somebody has broken into your home and you're in the middle of fear. You're in danger or consider a soldier on the front lines. They are in, in danger. They're in fear. And last week we looked at the third, the third, uh, the third point here on this list is assumed danger. And this is a, a, this is a dangerous one because this can be very detrimental to our, our walk with God, very harmful to our walk with the Lord, where we're constantly in a state of fear of things that haven't actually happened, but we assume that they might happen down the road. And we looked at all different kinds of scenarios, like uh, we're, we're afraid of possibly losing a job. We're afraid of getting sick. That's a big one nowadays. And we're afraid of a possible World War III that, to break out. And there's things that haven't happened, but we assume they might happen, and that strikes fear in our hearts, and it prevents us really from serving God. It prevents us from being the Christians that we should be. Well, today we're going to look at the first one on this list, which is an awe of God. Today's fear that we're going to look at is a fear that is actually good for you. A fear that can actually keep you close to God. And if you're not saved, it's a fear that can actually draw you to him, to salvation, Today, we're going to be looking at the awe of God, or as it's also called, a respectful type of fear. And let's, uh, let's pray together now as we get into the message. Father, thank you for this day. Please give me the ability to preach right now. Give me the wisdom to know what to say and to know what not to say. Help me, Lord, to properly uh, say what needs to be said now. Open our hearts. Speak to us, we pray in your name. Amen. Of all the fears that we've been looking at up to this point, this is the best one. This is my favorite one right here. I mean, we all know that we can be afraid when we're actually in danger. We know that there's fear that is assumed oftentimes in life, and we know how that fear can really hurt our mental health and and just destroy really our relationship with God and our usefulness. But this third kind of fear is actually a good fear. Fear. And yes, you heard me right. A good fear. Say, I don't know if those two things can work side by side. Well, some fear is actually good. You know, uh, one of the things that people are very scared to do in life is public speaking. Speaking in public. And it's not, if, if it's something you haven't done before, you would probably be terrified to do it your first time. I know sometimes you look at pastors and you look at some of us, we come up here and you think, man, see, I can't preach because I'm too scared to preach in public. I'm, I'm too scared to stand up in front of people. Well, I guarantee you, all of us 
were that same way. Ask Pastor Devi and ask myself, do you think the first time we came up here to preach, we were just like, Woo, I'm so happy to have everybody stare at me today. This is going to be great. We were terrified. We were scared. Something interesting, though, about when you're really nervous or where you're fearful is it actually helps you when you're scared. It actually helps you. When you get fearful, sometimes this adrenaline starts kicking in. Uh, your, your senses get heightened. It's amazing how you, and I, I know I speak on behalf of Pastor White and Deviant at times, and sometimes right before we go up to preach, we'll get this headache or our, our, we have this pain in our body or uh, something, something takes place. We just get really nervous. We get the shakes. And I know you may think, you guys don't get nervous. That, that this is, uh, you guys are just saying that just to make us feel good. But I'm just telling you the truth. So many times I've been in, I've been in my office and all, and all of a sudden I'll get this pounding headache. Sometimes it's just from nervousness. It's just from lack of water. I don't know. But you know what? As I come up to this platform and I sit down waiting for pastor to call me, I start getting nervous. I start getting scared. And this adrenaline within me from that anxiety actually causes me to forget about my headache. My headache, I, I, and sometimes I think even my headache goes away. If I have a pain in my leg or my back, oftentimes now the Holy Spirit, I believe, helps with this. But feeling nervousness actually helps us. It helps us overcome. It heightens our senses. We're able to actually think of things we wouldn't have thought of just sitting at our desk when we're studying. And of course, the Holy Spirit has a big play in this as well. But you've heard these crazy stories, right, where a child is pinned under a car and a mom comes up who normally would not be able to do this, but seeing their son in distress, being able to lift, not completely lift the car up over their head, but just enough for the son to be able to crawl out with the daughter. And you look at that strength and you go, wow, she must work out. Well, fear or anxiety or nervousness or these things can cause adrenaline, can cause things within you to do really what you didn't know you could do before. I read this article about fear. It said at the basic level, fear guides, excuse me, <laughs> fear guides are fight or flight. You see, I'm nervous right now. Uh, fear guides are fight or flight responses and helps to keep us safe and alive. Fear heightens your senses and awarenesses. It keeps you alert and helps in better preparation. Now, the, the negative side of fear is when it holds you back from doing something good. Now, this is written from a secular point of view. But even scientists, they study, and fear can help. What are you trying to say, Pastor Jim? What I'm trying to say is that the right kind of fear in the right situation can help us. The first thing I want us to look at this morning is fear produces courage. Fear produces courage. I've heard this statement before, um, and I've found myself quoting it oftentimes, and perhaps many of you have heard it as well. Courage cannot erase our fear. Courage is when we face our fear. Courage is not, doesn't erase the fear, but it, it's us pushing through that fear to get the job done that needs to be done. 
Now we know that God has not given us the spirit of fear. So what do we do when we have fear? If it's not from God, and we, when we cry out to God and say, Lord, I'm scared. I know you want me to do this, but I'm scared to do it, Lord. What does God give us in this time to get through that fear? He gives us courage. We just heard a song a minute ago. Be thou strong and be courageous. Fear thou not. Fear thou not. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6, be strong and have a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Joshua was scared. He was about to take on a, a crazy task to lead the children of Israel. Some people believe at this time there could have been upwards to 2 million people. Maybe more, maybe less, I don't know. That's a lot of people. And they were, they were still trudging through the wilderness. They were still, uh, they, they hadn't quite reached the promised land yet. They, they still had to conquer all the land. It was a huge undertaking, not to mention Joshua uh, was, I believe, around 80 years old. And uh, that's, that's usually when you're quitting on life, not starting a new one. 80 years old is when you're thinking about, all right, well, my time is coming up soon. I think uh, it's time for me to, to pack my bags. But he's 80 years old, and he's just getting ready to embark on a crazy, wild adventure of conquering Israel, of, con- of con- conquering the promised land. He needed courage. He was afraid, and God knew he was afraid. So he says, I didn't give you this fear, but let me give you something to help you through that fear. Let me give you some courage, Joshua. It's funny, we read in Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 23, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Look at verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured at seeing him who is invisible. So Moses' parents, they weren't afraid of the king's edict to drown every Hebrew boy at that time or to to kill off all the Hebrew boys. They weren't afraid of the king. They hid Moses. They knew that God had something special planned for Moses. God gave them the courage because God needed Moses. He had something special planned, so he gave the parents courage to do what was needed to be done. The psalmist wasn't afraid when he was in trouble, as is quoted here in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6. The Bible says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You consider the early Christians. They were asked to be courageous when they faced heavy persecution. They were not to fear threats or be frightened when persecuted and not retaliate, but they were asked to endure it patiently and to even be kind to those who were persecuting them. In 1 Peter chapter 3 
In verse 14, the Bible says, But and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, we find here the church in Smyrna was told to not be afraid of persecution and to be faithful even to the point of death. The Bible says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. One night while in the city of Corinth, God comforted the Apostle Paul by telling him in Acts chapter 18, he says, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. And no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Almost every instance God tells us to be not afraid, he always follows by, because I'm with you. God gives us courage, and how he does that is by reminding us that he's right there. And we don't have to go through it by ourselves. During the storm, an angel told Paul to not be afraid of shipwreck because he would stand trial before Caesar. Also later on, Paul told the Romans that if you do what's right, then there is no need to fear those who are in authority. Later on, we see in Peter, as marriage thrives in a climate of love, honor, and respect, there is no place for fear in a healthy marriage. Peter was telling the wives to not be afraid of your husbands in, in that kind of respect. Christians should not fear death because it brings them closer to their Savior, as we see in Hebrews chapter 2. And keep going, Christians don't fear God's judgment because Jesus has paid the penalty. As John wrote in 1 John chapter 4, there is no fear in love. These are examples of courage and not fearing authorities. These troubles, these threats, these persecutions, this harm, danger, death, your husband, God's judgment. This is a kind of courage that is healthy because it is, so, it is associated with godly living. You understand today that fear, we're not going to ever get away from it. Even though the Bible says we should not be afraid when it comes to uh, what man can do unto us, as the Bible says, don't be afraid what man can do. We get afraid of all these things, and it, it's, it's normal to be afraid. But when that fear comes, there is one person that can get you out, and that is God. God gives us a courage that is unexplainable, the ability to do that which we didn't know we could do. Like that lady lifting up a car, like sometimes we being able, sometimes something's chasing us, we get fearful, all of a sudden we run fast. <laughs> Couldn't run fast like that before, but fear allows us, if, if in the right circumstance and under the right situation, can allow God to give us the ability to get out, to push through, to push on, to not be crippled by this fear. God gives us courage to get out and to press forward for him. You've heard of these amazing stories of the past of men and women who were challenged to deny the faith 
And if you don't, we'll burn you at the stake. If you don't, we'll feed your, your family to the animals. If you don't, we'll, we'll, we'll torture you if you don't denounce Christ. And yet, you've heard the stories. One by one, people not denying God. But in fact, with the audience looking, would then promote God in the face of death. And you look and think, how could they, how could they have such courage? Some courage is only explainable by God. It can only be explained by God giving it to us. Me thinking of it now, I, I, I sometimes think, I, I wonder if I would just say I deny God and, and, then, and then continue serving him later, just saying it just so I wouldn't have to get tortured. But there's some, there's some, uh, there's some kind of courage that's unexplainable that can be had for a person that's close to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Fear produces courage. Fear also produces a respect for authority. A respect for authority. We looked in the beginning, a couple weeks ago, at some definitions of fear and phobio. It's a verb which means either to fear or be afraid or to reverence. That is, to have respect, to have reverence for authority, to have respect to whom respect is due. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13 and verse 6, For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their duty, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. We are commanded as believers to respect authority. And this goes all the way back to our governments, to those who are in authority. There are officers, police officers, there are certain uh, Places that are places of authority. Now, obviously, there are many people who we, dis we disagree with a lot of decisions the government makes. We disagree with decisions police officers make. No one's perfect. It happens. Never in the Bible we ever commanded or given permission to, to cause tyranny, to, uh, to revolt, to rebel against our authority. Unless that authority is in direct violation of the scriptures, we are never given such a command. We are to respect. There could be somebody down the road that doesn't even doesn't believe the same thing you believe in the Lord, but never gives us a reason to hate or demote or to, to tease or to put down other people. We're never to, to judge anybody. That's, that's for God to do. God is perfect. He's holy. Let him do the judging. Our command in life is simply to love one another to pray for one another, to preach to one another, but never are we ever allowed to cause disrespect to those who are in authority over us. Fear, the right kind of fear, this kind of fear we're speaking of in the Bible, can produce a respect for authority. When a child does something wrong and if he knows, uh-oh, I did something wrong, I'm going to get in trouble for this. This sense of fear comes over the child. And it's not a fear of, I'm so scared of my parents, I need to run for my life. 
but it's a fear of, man, I hurt them. I I don't want to hurt my parents. I just really wanted to do this. I just really wanted that. Or the traditional, I really wanted those cookies from the cookie jar. But they didn't necessarily mean to, to hurt us. And now this sense of respect has come across, which is why many times when a parent says, don't do that, the child will obey. They, do, they obey out of respect. They inside don't want to obey. That's just our flesh. But they do. They obey because of a respect. When God tells us to do something, do we always want to do it? Well, no. Do you think the, I wonder how many times sometimes God, God speaks to, to men, say, I want you to become a missionary. Or young lady, I want you to be a missionary. I imagine most of the time it doesn't just happen the first time where they say, oh, sure, yeah, let's do it. Oftentimes it's like, hmm, I think I heard God calling me. I'm not sure if that's actually what it was. Let's wait it out and see. And then God speaks to us again in another, in another sermon. Hmm, man, that, that sure sounds like God could be calling me. But let's just be sure. Let's just pray about it. Let's wait it out. Many times it takes several days, weeks, months, years before we finally commit because in our heart of hearts, leaving comforts is not always easy. But oftentimes we finally come to a place where we respect, where we obey because, because we love, because of respect. That, that's that kind of fear that we're talking about here. Fear produces courage. Fear produces a respect for authority. But fear also produces an awe of God. And that's what we're talking about today. It produces a respect for God. Now, I know he is our authority, and I could have added this to the last point here, but I want this to be a point all by itself because there are so many passages in the Bible that talk about mankind in awe of God, respecting God. And we're, not, we're only going to look at, I think, one or two. But you read God's word, you read the Old Testament, and uh, for sake of time, we can only do just one or two, but you study God's word, and you, you read every time somebody stands and realizes the power of God and realizes that he's in control. It's everywhere. Godly men who lived in the Old Testament times had an attitude of reverence and respect of God. And for example, after being warned of God by the coming judgment in holy fear and reverence, Noah built an ark to save his family. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 7, the Bible says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. You see that? He obeyed God, moved with fear, prepared an ark, moved with respect, with an awe of God. He didn't understand. Perhaps he had never seen rain before. He didn't understand why he had to build this gigantic boat. God even probably told him at that time, I need you to save the animals. And it just probably still didn't make sense. But out of a respect and awe of God, he said, I will do it, Lord. People were filled with an awe at the miracles done by the apostles when the church was formed at Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. This is just after Pentecost. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship 
and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. After seeing these guys perform miracle after miracle, after seeing a guy preach and be heard in several different languages, these people were in awe. They were just dumbfounded at, at all the wonders and sights that they were seeing. Can you imagine when Moses stuck his rod in the water and it spread? or raised it up over the ocean and, and the waters divided. Can you imagine people going, why did we doubt God again? I mean, I know the, the army's right behind us and they're wanting to get in, but every time we get afraid, just God does one more thing. Can you imagine Pharaoh after his heart was softened? Hopefully it was. He looked back at all the things that had happened and thought, how could I have just refused God? All the miracles we've heard about, Elijah calling fire down from heaven, consuming the altar. So many instances in life where things happened in the Bible and people stepped back and just said, wow, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. You know, there are some people who aren't saved, who are not a believer and Paul, does, Paul brings this up in Romans chapter 3. He's talking about the unsaved. And in verse 18, he says that there is no fear of God before their eyes. If you are not saved today, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, it's possible that you don't really have that respect for God. In fact, you and I today know at least somebody personally who doesn't have respect for God. I have, I have relatives who to this day, could care less about the things of God, who have no respect for God. In fact, the majority of the movies that, that we watch, that we, we listen to, are acted by people who don't have a respect for God. The way God's name is taken in vain so often. We live in a world today that just lacks this awe of God, this respect for God, this fear of God. If you're not saved today, if you want help in this area of fear, you need God to help you. If you struggle with fear, with anxieties, with nervousness, if you struggle with these things of assumed danger, maybe you're in danger now. If you want help with these things, you need God to help get you through it. And you can cry out to God today. I want you to look back at our our theme verse here in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 7. The Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So what happens when we have fear? How do we overcome this fear? The Bible gives us, God gives us three ways. He gives us three things to help us overcome fear. What God has given us is Power, love, and a sound mind. When we have fear, and we will have it from time to time, and you cry out to God, God gives us these three things to help us overcome the fear in our life. He gives us, first, power. 
power. This power simply just means strength. He gives us might. I think this connects with that word courage I was talking about earlier. He gives us the ability to push through any fearful circumstances that we need to conquer. Consider, as I said earlier, soldiers in, a soldier in war. He's fearful. He's afraid. He cries out to God. God can give him the strength and the might to do what needs to be done. When facing a risky surgery that you don't know the outcome of, you're laying on the table, you're in fear, God can give you the strength and the might to get through it. When it comes to public speaking and you don't know what to say and you want to present the gospel to people and you say, Lord, I'm scared, I don't know what to do. Maybe you're a young person and you're wanting to witness to your friends, you're wanting to do these things and you don't really know how exactly to do it. God will give you the power and the ability to do so. God will help you face the unknown when, you don't, when you're scared about what may happen in the future, what may happen with sickness, with disease, what may happen with our world, what kind of world is my kids going to grow up in and these fears consume us. And we say, Lord, help me with this fear. God gives you power, the power to overcome this fear, the strength. God has given us power, but he also gives us love. Now, I don't know about you, but I stopped here. Say, wait, wait, we're talking about fear here, Lord. And in order to help us with our fear, you give us love? <laughs> How does love help us with fear? The love mentioned here in this verse is agape. Agape love. The most powerful form of love that there is. This is the, only, this is the kind of love that God has for us. This is real, true, unconditional love. God gives us unconditional love to fight fear. Say, why is that necessary? Look at our world today. It's, it's just falling apart from, this, from racial tension, from prejudice that's taking place. And why, why racism even exists? It should never exist in the realm of Christianity. Well, first of all, there is only one race. And that's the human race. If you're an evolutionist, you believe that we come from all these different races. There's all these different types of people. But forget evolution. It's not real. We all come from Adam. There's only one set of people on earth. There is no really such thing as different races. We're all from the same. We're all made in the image of God. But you understand today that some people have, they struggle with this prejudice. They struggle with this racism and they, they fear other people. They fear what other people can do. And they, they fear a difference, somebody who is different than them. How do we overcome this fear? Love. How do we overcome this, 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 this fear in our world today of things that are different from us? God can give us love. To love everybody. God loved everybody. God does love everybody. Jesus, when he was on earth, he didn't waste time with the Pharisees. They were so full of themselves. What did Jesus go to? He went to what the Pharisees would call the sinners, the publicans. Oh, you went to them? Oh, well, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk with them. We don't fellowship with them, Lord. Well, let me go to them because they want me, because everybody needs me. Jesus loved all. Sometimes we fear others. We fear a difference. God could help us fight that with love. Maybe you fear today witnessing. You fear coming to church and going soul winning. And right now that whole aspect is on hold. But we fear even picking up the phone and witnessing to a family member. We fear when we're on vacation seeing family members that we haven't seen in forever and God saying witness to them. 
This may be your last chance to see them. You get scared. You get nervous. Lord, how do I overcome this fear to witness? Love. Unconditional love can push and drive a Christian to do things for him. The Apostle Paul was driven by the love of God. The apostles in, our, in the Bible, all Christians of day and age, missionaries across the world are driven by the love of God. They push through that fear because their love is stronger. And the last thing he gives us here is <laughs> to fight fear is a sound mind. Sound mind. This one sounds funny, but... When we're scared, when we're fearful, God gives us the ability to stay cool, to stay calm through, fe through fearful circumstances. Perhaps you have a severe pressure, your, uh, the, the fear of compromise, the fear or you, you have temp temptations that, that go around us at all times. And we, we're fearful of the temptations that are around us, uh, of falling into sin. We're fearful of, uh, of getting sucked into the world. And God is, can give us as Christians the ability to keep that sound mind. And what this simply means is that self-control. It gives us the ability to control ourselves, to control our body, to keep it under subjection, and to keep our eyes on Christ. And that's usually when fear comes, is when our eyes get off, get off of Christ. Today, you want the power over fear? You need God. It is God that gives us power. It is God that gives us love. It is God that gives us a sound mind to fight all the fears that you and I struggle with today. Are you fearful? Cry out to Jesus today. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message. We thank you for your word. Now, I don't know who today may be struggling with fear. Maybe somebody's in fear now. Maybe people are just fearing the future. What's going to happen? Fearing going to the store. Fearing this and fearing that. Perhaps today there are just some people who just don't fear God the way they should. They don't respect him like they should. They don't treat him as their heavenly, kingly father who created this world. Perhaps there's people today who have no respect for God because they don't know him. I don't know who's listening right now, but Father, if there's somebody who's not saved, please help them to cry out to you today. To say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Save me. And help me to live my life for you. Maybe there's a Christian listening today. God, help them to, to overcome this fear, but not, tr not to try to overcome it by themselves or to even ignore it, but to ask you for help. Ask you for power, for love, for sound minds to get through this fear. Lord, thank you so much for today. Use us for your honor and glory. We pray in your name. Amen. As we continue our service today, I'd like for us, as we transition into our offering time, to hear the word of the Lord. In Psalm chapter 91, verse 1, the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be 
like shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid. We understand today that we serve a God that is able to conquer all fears, anxieties. And we can say to God, who is our refuge, Lord, protect us, save us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've given to us. As we go into our offering time now, I challenge you to remember just how great God is. And remember, giving is just a tiny, tiny way that we can show God that we appreciate, that we love him, and that we, Lord, trust you with our money. There's something about money. It's hard to, it's easy to spend when it's for yourself, but when now it's for somebody else, it, 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 takes, it takes getting used to. Especially when it goes to somebody that maybe we don't talk to as often. But the closer you get to God, the easier it is to give unto him. So as we go to our offering time now, I challenge you to give us unto the Lord with a cheerful heart. And as the music plays, let us give unto him now.